There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today is all about giving thanks for your teachers, those who push you beyond your limitations and reveal the true power of perseverance and practice. Today, I have the great honor of sharing the story of how my yoga journey began through the teachings of my first teacher, Rocky Heron. Get ready to be truly inspired by the true story of how yoga was first revealed to me and how instrumental Rocky Heron has been in helping to reveal the depth of yoga as our humble paths continue to intertwine. I've spent a lot of time thinking I'm supposed to be a certain way. And what I've come to realize in the last couple years that I'm still working on realizing more fully is that like, you do practice and all is coming. Like, just commit to your practice. Do, do the things that you know are going to continue fortifying you and opening you up. And then just let yourself be who you are. I would hope that one of the goals of yoga is freedom, and part of that freedom is experienced and tasted through our ability to try things in new ways and not not get stuck. Listen up and drop in as Rocky Heron puts a spin on how yoga was first revealed to him on this exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. It brings me absolute joy to be sitting across from one of my greatest teachers, Rocky Heron, and it feels like we've come full circle, and now I have the pleasure of interviewing you on the Yoga Revealed podcast. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I feel I feel the same way about our journey together, and and you have also been one of my greatest teachers. So it's it's an honor to to be here. Thank you for having me. Your knowledge, I feel, needs to be shared with the Yoga Revealed podcast listeners and. There's so many amazing listeners who always ask me, you know, who's your teacher? Where'd you learn? And it's it's amazing to say Rocky Heron because I feel that you laid the foundation for my practice today. And I'm very appreciative for that because it opened up a whole world 
to me in a time when I had no idea of the depth of yoga. I had no perception of what else was out there. And I was just practicing Bikram yoga every day. And I happened to walk into yoga teacher training for the first day, mm-hmm. like ready to practice Bikram yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I vividly remember that because we had, it was, uh, I believe it was a, a chilly night in March, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was, we, the first night of teacher training was, it was like kind of more of a meet and greet, like table setting, like get your manual, like meet everybody. And it was only like a two hour, two hour, uh, uh, two hour scheduled. And uh, everyone's kind of trickling in. And then Andrew swings the door open, like barefoot <laughs> in his little shorts, like topless with his yoga mat. Like, hey, I'm Andrew. Let's do this. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't I'm pretty sure I would have remembered this guy if I had seen him come through before yeah, i had never gone to <laughs> any vinyasa classes like literally that was my first are you telling me that i gave you your first down dog andrew you gave me my first down yeah. dog yeah. it was it was pretty i mean well you gave it to yourself andrew well i just facilitated i just created an environment where you could feel safe to <laughs> perform auto mukashvanasana oh man <laughs> i remember it so vividly because it was it was embarrassing, yet at the same time, it was so humbling because I had never even thought that a yoga teacher training was some place where you actually sit down and right. learn about, yeah, the philosophy People, of yoga. You know, the majority <laughs> of what I do now is, is teacher training programs and um, people who don't aren't familiar with that, that setting ask me all the time, like, so you just do yoga for eight hours every day? Like, that must be great. And I'm always like, that's that's not what we do. And also, I don't think that would be great. Like, just, we just did an eight-hour vinyasa practice for 200 hours. Here's your certificate. Peace. Yeah. Namaste. But it was such a huge learning process for me. And I want to talk more about you and where your practice first began and how yoga was first revealed to you. So can you tell me a little bit about your past, kind of how you grew up and how yoga came along your path? Well, I grew up in Northern California, first in in the Bay Area for about 10 years in Alameda, and then uh, my mom and I moved to Sonora, which is up near Yosemite, moved there when I was 10. Mm -hmm. So my family, my immediate family is just, has always been just my mom and myself. So it, it, it wasn't a huge endeavor to pick up and move, but um, it, it was in a sense for me because I, you know, it was moving from the Bay from like a city, more diverse location to a pretty small town where uh, it took me some time to figure out who I was, like who my, you know, where I fit in and, and really who my, my people were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had... I think from a young age, a pretty rich inner life. My mom always was very, I would say, metaphysically minded. She's a nurse practitioner, but but health and well-being has always been hugely important to her. So I grew up around, you know, other other like-minded people. Her her friends, and you know, she would take me to like should be fire walking, and would take me to like her <laughs> qigong like body work weekend immersive and like you know workshops and all that stuff she just always included me in that world and you know I, I wasn't 
participating fully and super stoked on it necessarily, <laughs> but I, it never occurred to me that it was weird or that it was, it was like left or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I think I was, I was primed to resonate with any number of teachings that might be considered more subtle or more out there, more alternative. Um, you know, as I transitioned from being a teenager into being an adult, but I found yoga when I was, I moved to Los Angeles right out of high school and I lived in Marina del Rey. And why uh, so? Why'd you move from Sonora to Los Angeles? I got, I moved here to go to school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. So I grew up working on, so part of my saving grace growing up in that small town was I was able to find, um, an artistic community in the form of regional theater. And, uh, for whatever, however small a town it was, we had a really, we still have a really great professional theater company there that would bring in performers, actors from all over the place, namely from Los Angeles and New York. So I kind of had like my high school days, which were good. I mean, I have great friends that are still my friends to this day. But then I had this other, other life that I was participating in Mm -hmm. from age 12 to 17 that uh, was really, really fun. So when I, when I finished high school, it just felt logical that that would be what I would pursue because I loved it so much. And at this time in theater, were you like singing and dancing and oh, acting? all and of just... it. Jazz shoes, tap shoes, dance belt, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> so you're just fully immersed in this theater life and you decided to move to L.A. to pursue your dream of being in theater? Yeah, I just wanted to be an actor. Like, you know, it it, it seemed like that's where you go. Like, you, if you want to be an actor, you go to L.A. Like, that's mm-hmm. where a lot of my the people I had grown to know and love from working in that world lived in LA and they would you know get gigs working in my hometown for a time and then they go back to LA so I was always like interested in the place that they were going when they weren't with me you know yeah. so Los Angeles was was high on my on my list of places to go so I applied to a couple of different acting schools and I decided to go to the to the American Academy and so I moved out here and I guess it was 2005 2004 yeah, 2005, and um, maybe it was 2004, in the early 2000s, <laughs> and um, I, I went to school there, and, and I, at, at that time, I had never really, I didn't really have much experience with any type of physical activity other than being in PE, which was one of my least favorite, um, <laughs> least favorite classes in school, just because it, it seemed to consist of just us running all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, run a mile. Yeah, like, like, are you sure? <laughs> like, run a mile. Like, can we walk the straights and jog the turf? You know, like, run a mile. I'm like, I'm t- always trying to bark in my way out of running. <laughs> You're tall, man. You should be able to like stride. Over. I can sprint like a, I can sprint a short distance and then I'm done for the week. Like, like that's my run. <laughs> yeah, so your cardio is not there. Yeah, I grew up with really bad asthma, and so I think mm. anytime I, I never experienced that thing of like running and then breaking past the wall people that that wall people talk about we're like yeah. oh then it gets easier just becomes you know some like more efficient and i always got to that wall had an asthma attack Aww. like had to sit down and, like <laughs> felt unright for the rest of the day and i was like you know screw the wall I'm, I'm, I'm walking i'm not touching that wall no more yeah the wall's not for me so um yeah my m- most of my relationship with physical activity other than dancing so i did like to like learning choreography and dancing and, and stretching, like as it related to performance, um, I didn't really have much of a, a liking to physical activity. I was, through high school, I became really tall and really thin and- Yeah, how tall are you? 6'6". Six, six. Wow. Yeah, no joke. 
I think I was like I peaked at like six three, six four in high school, and the summer between leaving Sonora and moving down here, I got a gym membership and like downloaded some PDF on like how to um, how to build muscle and um, how to work out and eat and whatever. And so for about a month or so, I I was like hardcore into this regimen that I found on the internet. And I didn't, in retrospect, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just like following the recipe, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, I did kind of get it. I was like waking up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym and like it wasn't enough to really establish long term momentum. But I did determine that when I moved to L.A., I wanted to continue having some type of physical excuse me, activity. And uh, but then I moved down here like I was supporting myself through school. I was broke. I did, you know couldn't justify a gym membership and a friend of mine who I had known down here before said you should check out come with me to a yoga class and uh she was going at the time to uh, Brian Cast Studio Power Yoga in yeah. Santa Monica and um you know I think it probably took me a couple weeks or months or however long it was to actually take her up on the offer because I had every excuse a person could have not I, to go yeah I, I had gone to a yoga class with my mom once when I was 15 at the gym and and I have no idea what we did in the class because I literally fell asleep like <laughs> 10 minutes into it. You're in that shavasana in the corner. Yeah, I was like, let me just skip ahead. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the, when I woke up, like it, it was like, you know, dimly lit candles and was like, you were snoring all through class. <laughs> I was like, shoot, not for me. Um, so that was my, my only encounter with yoga, uh, with asana. And um, so my... My friend eventually coaxed me to come with her. So I was like, you know, I can't afford it. It's mm-hmm. I, I told her that story. It's like, well, this is really dynamic. It's more athletic. I think you'll really you break a sweat. You really like it. And it's donation-based. So you can, can't, don't tell me you can't afford a donation. <laughs> so um, I took her up on it. And I have no recollection of, like, what we did in that class in, in you know, at this point. But I remember it kicked my ass. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is Was it taught by yoga. Brian Kest? No, I don't even remember the the teacher's name. I remember, I mean, I remember her presence, her energy, like, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't remember who it was, but, um, it was enough for me to kind of earmark that and say like, all right, like I'll check out yoga again. Mm -hmm. So if, for the first number of years, like it was really, I would show up every couple weeks or every couple months and, and pop into a class on the weekend and struggle my way through and feel really proud of myself for having even you know gotten gone. my car and gone and knowing how for the most part how miserable the whole experience was <laughs> going to be for me like I wasn't strong I wasn't super flexible but I think that that the artistry of the practice like it did feel like kind of learning one big combination one mm-hmm. like choreography um it was vinyasa practice as well so that was you know the creativity of that and 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 the stretching like I it felt like kind of warming up to dance or like learning a, a day I, I could feel that that fluidity of it and um that was appealing to me so I mm-hmm. kept it up that's awesome yeah. so at this time to like, say the least <laughs> I kind of kept it up <laughs> I think you definitely kept it up yeah. I mean your practice is by far one of the most exquisite practices I've seen oh well wow. and I've taken tons of classes and I, you know, go to the yoga journal and, you know, the Hanuman festival and the Wonderlusts and So you really know you've seen some practices. I've seen some practices. <laughs> you've seen some all. things. Yeah. <laughs> well but, thank you, Andrew. I'll I'll take that coming from you. Seriously, it's it's like watching art in motion, especially the anatomy and the physique of your body and the exquisitry of how you get into the postures. 
I feel really helped me in finding the foundation for my practice because you're so methodical in the way that you cue and then to watch your body articulate the motion is like the next level of (laughs) understanding at least for me and um, I wanted to learn more about some of the teachers that inspired you early on in your practice and how you came to your teacher training. Well, you know, there's been so many different teachers that have been kind of the person I was most influenced by at that time. Mm -hmm. And all of it, all of it's swirled and and coalesced to create the, the tapestry that is like my, my yoga lineage, I suppose. But I think the first, like the earlier teachers that I would seek out and, and uh, really gain a lot from, uh, in, in the, the early days were Brian and uh, I took a lot of classes with Allie Hamilton mm-hmm. um, and also Tamal Dodge he was yeah. actually so Tamal did my or I did my 200 hour training with him and Brian nice so he was he was my main teacher for a time and um, a, lot, a lot of the folks are over at Power Yoga Anaswara yeah I would take a lot of her classes I've been to a few of her classes mm-hmm. actually yeah. uh, she teaches over at yeah Power Yoga East Oh yeah, she's still there. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I need. I would love to like come out and just pop into class there. It was. You I've, got to. You I would like, probably just walk in and like smell, like, <laughs> smell the room and like, like trip out, like have some, <laughs> some like experience. Some nostalgia. Just nostalgia, yeah. Yeah. Um. And then you know after I I finished my teacher training here, so I did my teacher training after um, I was working. You know, I had any possible job you can imagine uh, to support myself and to pay the rent um, from folding clothes to work you know delivering groceries I did telemarketing for a second I um, was a waiter all that stuff and I the last job I had here before I left was as a, I worked at the front desk of a physical therapy office and I was living in South Central actually in a converted pottery studio <laughs> uh, it was you know it was it was a little bleak. It was the LA life. It was a little bleak. It was some <laughs> kind of life. It was like just survival. Like how does someone with no credentials like survive and 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 you know, this was before social media. Like I don't know if that would have helped things, but I feel like it's like more creative now. You can like fight, reach out to people and yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was working like straight up nine to five at the front desk of this office, and it you know it was quite miserable for I mean the, the office was great everyone there was lovely but it just was so not you not me and I felt like I had so much more to to contribute and and to express and uh I committed to like since I was working a scheduled job like maybe this would be a good time to commit to some kind of yoga protocol so I decided to go Monday Wednesday Friday after work you know every week and after doing that for a month or two I was like oh I I could become a yoga teacher mm. and uh you know, I didn't think I was going to become a yoga teacher as my main gig, like that would be the thing, but it occurred to me, like, it'd be nice to have a job that I enjoy doing while I pursued my other creative interests so that when I'm not working in those areas, I can have something else to do that I genuinely enjoy that's sort of peripheral to that world. Um, <clears throat> so after I finished my training, I left LA and I lived in New York for a time and at San Luis Obispo for quite a while, yeah. that's where we met. And Portland and in that time I think I there weren't teachers 
that were, there weren't a, a plethora of teachers that were really inspiring to me or that were really influential to me um, in some of the locations I lived in. So I, I really sought out teachers that were offering content online. So a lot of people that have been really, you know, instrumental in my growth as a teacher and as a practitioner are people that I haven't actually practiced with in person all that much. Um, I continued taking tons of classes with Ali online after I left because she had some audio things available. And um, I did a lot of classes with uh, the Cahills, Krista and Brock, mm-hmm. through Ali Studio, actually, when they were teaching on there. And um, and then when I found Yoga Glow, a lot of the teachers that were on there, Noah included, became, you know, people people whose class I would take or audit, um, like, every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but other teachers in... in, in some towns where I've lived that may not be on everyone's radar, but are, you know, hugely skillful, inspirational, knowledgeable teachers in their communities were um, Amy Swan, who was uh, owned the yoga center for a time in San Luis Obispo when I first showed up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie Adamson, who lives and teaches in, in Portland at uh, Yoga Union. Um, yeah, and others like, and yeah. the list goes on. I, Dharma Mitra was was a teacher of mine when I was in New York. Um, he would take his master class yeah. during the week and do my best to not die, <laughs> but I made it. I got some good stuff from him. Yeah, that that guy comes into class and you just feel his presence. And yeah, he has this thing where like just the way that he sequences and the way he kind of puts things together is so so unique to him and. But just by osmosis, like being in the room with everyone that's there practicing with him, your body just does stuff that <laughs> you like, hey, look what I did in yoga class today. It's like, it doesn't translate outside of the room for me. It's like, but when I'm in his presence, like Magic miracles happens. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, to be honest with you, that's how my practice evolved with you. And in being in the room with you, in the initial stages of my yoga teacher training, I had never done a pinch of my asana. I had never done a <laughs> down dog. And to see how robustly my practice blossomed into oh, great series of words, what it is today. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was, it was, um, it was a great discovery of myself. It was honestly like one of those pivotal times in my life where I was transitioning from working at a desk every single day and going to school and really just not feeling like I had a place in the world. And then I could come to yoga teacher training and really tap into myself and and learn from people who I loved. And that, that connection, that sense of studying something that was deeper than myself was a huge door opener for the rest of my life so i wanted to ask you well can i just tell you that that i first of all i really appreciate that and and how generous it is of you to say all that in you know i know i well i kind of know but i have i have an idea of all the incredible teachers that you have been exposed to since those early days and and what an incredible teacher you've you know you evolved to become and that you still reference me as your teacher and hold me in that in that regard is is something I really appreciate and and value and you know that time that was my first teacher training I ever did I was gonna say it was amazing like (laughs) I'm not kidding you I I've gone to immersions and all types of other stuff but yet and still I know that for my 300 hour my 500 hour I'm doing it with you and Noah 
or you or you, you know, better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, wait a second, wait, Andrew, get five hundred certified. <laughs> Flip the table over. <laughs> no, seriously though, because. I, I don't even know how it was your first teacher training. I go to people's, you know, immersions and huge, you know, fluffy fluff fluffs. And it's just like, <laughs> this is stuff that I, I went into depth with in my teacher training, you know, in my 200 hour. And I see people now rolling out of 200 hours who haven't read the Yoga Sutras or haven't, you know, touched an anatomy book or haven't really understood the depths of the eight limbs. And... To really grasp those subjects in such a what seemed like a short amount of time. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like about six months or so, right? How did we do? I think it was it was twelve weekends, mm-hmm. and we met like two weeks on, one week off. So I think we did it in like four or four five months. months. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an immersive experience. I I remember, you know, writing these papers for my <laughs> final and that kind of stuff, and it was just like I was so into it and I I loved it and it was because you were so passionate about it like every single opening ceremony that we had was literally an opening like we did a chant together and we did a closing chant together and it was like the mantra and then the asana and then we went into the depth of okay this is what we practice today and this is how it applies to our lives I think that that sense of immersion in yoga I feel needs to be so much more a pivotal part of all teacher trainings. And that's why I'm definitely going to go to you guys for 300 and oh, 500 thank you, hours. Andrew. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. That was, you know, I think so much of what I know about yoga or what I think I know about yoga, I've learned actually in teacher training, you know, that experience was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life and also one of the most challenging experiences of my life. The first, I mean, every training has its own rewards and challenges, but that first one, just what was going on for me at that time in my personal life behind the scenes of all that was so in many ways devastating. And that, you know, I had to kind of stay one step ahead or, you know, a couple steps ahead of, of what I was teaching you guys and what I was attempting for us to facilitate together in community through conversation and group practice and self-inquiry. Um, I was going through all that stuff with you guys. And I think that's that's where I emerged on the other side of that was, um, was definitely a, a more evolved state for a time. And then like, you know, life happens again. But that was like the experience for me that said, okay, I think this is what I, this is what's most interesting for me to do because it really asks more of me than anything else and who I have to show up and become in order to adopt the seat of teacher amongst people that want to also learn how to adopt the seat of teacher Mm -hmm. is it's something that can, that can, that is intimidating and can be, um, scary and feel like a lot of pressure it's also it's also something that is mass it's like just having that call to action and then you know needing to show up for other people like the ripple effect of teacher training yeah you know it's not to downplay at all teaching a group class i think the people that like the real pioneers of the yoga are the ones that are in their communities you know empowering their their communities um 
but the the potential for for impact to to spread and you're like a huge example of this like just i i'm proud to say that that i was your teacher and also i take very little if any credit for you and for like how you've taken the information and made it meaningful to you and and doing this podcast and your your fervent desire and incredible ability to connect with people and facilitate connections amongst other people so so enthusiastically and skillfully and like all of that is is you and you know on those days where we all kind of have crisis like dharma crises of like Mm -hmm. is this am i on my path am i off my path like is this is this yoga thing real like is this really what i was intending to do is this is this in in harmony with who i am and um it's hearing things like that and seeing seeing the ripple effect of of what this practice does that uh keeps me humbled to the journey and like stead more or less steadfast in like wanting to see it out like write it out like let's keep doing this things only seem to get get better or at least i seem to be getting better to to Hmm. face the more advanced challenges that come as we age and (laughs) evolve so i wanted to um bring it back to you know those days when you were teaching in san luis obispo what seemed like at least two to three classes a day and kind of like transitioning from that phase of teaching nonstop to um then you know moving to portland and now working with noah Maze. how did this all happen so quickly to now where you're at the point where you're you know filming and traveling and teaching these teacher trainings um, what do you think were some of like the the key pivotal points in your learning that allowed you to then become a conduit of teaching? Um, you know, everyone's journey is really unique to them. And as is true of, I think, every career that I've pursued, there isn't a, a laid out linear kind of duplicatable path that you go down. So it's hard to say, like, here's what some here's what have been the things I've done that's, you know, got me to wherever I am. But I think if I was to chalk it down, like boil it down to kind of the energetic components of it is just, first of all, even wanting to, I mean, there are plenty of people that teach yoga that I don't think would want to teach teacher trainings or travel internationally and, um, and film classes and broccoli. I don't, it's not to say that everybody would, would want that. Um, but I, I, and I didn't even know it was an option when I first started teaching as I started to see more people doing it as is true of any desire that we we cultivate like you see somebody that has something that you want or see someone doing something you want to do or um, knowing something that you want to know and you say I want to know that I want to do that I want to I want to see what that feels like and so whenever I would try to imagine myself you know teaching in this capacity you know filming traveling whatever the first thing I would feel was like Oh, I I don't know enough to do that, or I, what what would make me special enough to do that, or what you know what do I have that's unique enough that somebody in some other far far away land would want me to fly out there to offer them, and so that I think that inspired me to just want to be the best teacher I could be, and for the purposes of being able to share more skillfully. Um, and with confidence, uh, what I'm able to now teach. And I think those those two things together, like the desire to do it, and then also the desire to be to be 
proficient proficient and the desire to the desire to feel confident in what i'm doing like i'm very i'm very allergic to like bullshit and Mm -hmm. and both in myself and in others and the last thing i'd want to be is one of those you know one of those people in whatever field it is that's like you know kind of wanting the look and feel of of success or proficiency or knowledge but doesn't really have the the content to back it up and Mm. and uh and that's I'm still on that journey, but in no means I'm like yes. Now I'm ready and I'm doing it. It's that's part of the reason why I I sought out Noah to train with him because he just he was one of those teachers that kind of came out of left field for me. And when I experienced this class, it was so unlike anything that I had ever experienced before. Um, I think the first class I took from him was on Yoga Glow, and he was teaching a uh, a level one or level one two basics class that was focused on Virabhadrasana 2 and Trikonasana. And the, it was 75 minutes of just working on those poses and everything in, in, in service of those poses. And, mm-hmm. you know, not like I teach classes like that all the time, but like the, at the time, having only taken vinyasa classes, like I'd light my incense, I'd put on my music, <laughs> like I'd kind of step into that, that mode of consciousness. Um, experiencing that from him was like, Wait, what what is this who's this person what like what are we doing why are we stopping and it was almost aggravating to me because i i couldn't really understand what was happening but i mean i, I understood what he was saying but it, the context of it was was yeah, unfamiliar was to me you'd never taken a hatha class well, i'd never taken i mean it was in, in many ways sort of like an iyengar class um but I'd never taken a class that was that was designed for the express intent of teaching one skill or or one pose or bringing awareness to one region of our anatomy in a way that was just logical and uh and and educational educationally oriented i suppose um and so i i'm embarrassed to say i forgot what your question was that got me on this tangent i mean basically you were just explaining (laughs) your teacher noah and how you know Oh, well, my the, journey. Yeah, to, your yeah, journey. Yeah. Your journey. Yeah, 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 to journey, getting my journey, to... my journey, my journey. <laughs> yeah, 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 that journey. <laughs> how it was revealed to you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. To tie it up. How my yoga was revealed to be my journey. Um, so I, I sought out to study with him and to train with him because he he seemed to know all this stuff I didn't know <laughs> because he was making decisions that were very unlike decisions that I would make. Mm. And they seemed to be really informed, skillful, and and successful decisions. So I was just like, I want to know what this guy knows, or like, I want to scratch the surface. I want to understand what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I took a ton of his classes online. I, whenever I was at a festival where he was, I'd take his class. And and there are other teachers like that I'd also, that sort of um, showed up in my life around that time. And, uh, and just through that analysis of like trying to, trying to step inside his mind as a teacher, um, my teaching started to expand and to grow, and so that was that was a big, a big point for me. You know, I asked, I asked a student, Kristen, actually, who's in mm. um, our teacher training. She came and took some workshops I taught in San Francisco recently, and I asked her, you know, because she hadn't practiced with me, I don't think, since then. I haven't seen her forever. I know. Shout out to Kristen Ray. Yeah. Um, and uh, I asked her. It was just for the feedback, like. I don't just objective feedback of like what's how is does my teaching seem to be different than than before like how what have you noticed has has shifted in your experience of practicing with me 
And she said more or less like, no, it seems the same, <laughs> which I appreciated because I feel, I mean, you know, she said, naturally you've evolved and like, but it's all seems like in line with where you were heading and, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful for me to remember. Cause I tend to, when I get exposed to a new teacher or a new style or, you know, new information, it's like everything I was doing before that was whatever. And, and now this is the new thing. Mm-hmm. And really I think who I am as a teacher and a person is for sure the amalgam of all of those other teachers, all that experience. Um, uh, but for sure, Noah and, 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 and the whole community that we've cultivated at, at Yoga Maze, I think the conversations that happen at, at Yoga Maze locally and globally um, have really been hugely impactful for me as a teacher and as a teacher trainer. And you know, so I'm honored to be in community with those guys. Yeah. It's a great community to be part of. Yeah. Certainly. So in your journey, how do you balance your social life with your relationship, with your teaching? (laughs) How does that happen? I mean, I I feel like honestly, you're one of the most well-rounded people I know as far as, (laughs) well, thank you. I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. And I, and I really admire you and being able to do all the things that you do. How do you stay balanced with your relationships, with teaching worldwide, with uh, being someone who's an influencer on multiple scales of, you know, different online classes, being a teacher's teacher now? How do you manage to manage yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I don't know that I always do. I mean, I think I I, just this last month, I kind of had... Uh, a bit of a realization that came through some struggle of like, I need to do a better job at, at balancing and managing all the various aspects of my life because it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a steep and steady learning curve to like be, like to get more busy um, in all areas of your life. And like you add travel into that, you add relationship into that. And there's always one thing that seems to be, a little bit lagging behind sometimes it's health sometimes it's relationships sometimes it's you know fill in the blank um and so it's just like kind of dividing your in your attention enough to to tend to like tend to the the garden of all of these different plants you have growing and when you see something kind of dying you have to like you know give it some more light give it some more love give it some more water uh, but that that process of of watching things wilt is if you're sensitive you know which i think we are and probably a lot of people listening are um it i think the more you endeavor to be balanced the more you might feel out of balance because Mm. you're going to be sensitive to those moments that you're not and we're constantly trying to like adapt and come to a place of homeostasis and it's not a balance isn't a place it's not it's not it's not one condition it's like it's a state of being that sort of is is morphing and evolving and you know, contracting and expanding. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think there's, there might be an answer to your question somewhere in, in all of that, which is that I just, all of those aspects of my life are really important to me. You know, one is not more important than the other. I'm not, and I'm not interested in achieving anything at any cost, you know? So I also, like music is a big part of my life as well. And, and, uh, I just put out an album nice. a couple of weeks ago, uh, just a, a 
uh, another EP, my second album. Yeah. Uh, and I'm back in the studio recording a third is one it, I just is started. Is it all Kirtan? No, so my first one was Kirtan. The second one, I just I put out uh, five acoustic demo songs. It's I'm jo- I jokingly call it like secular music because it's in English, but <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely more excuse me more personal songs like things I've written over the years. Most of them, this particular um, album, all the songs are about love and just the journey I've been on in my you know my personal love life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like. I'm stubbornly determined to have to have a balanced life, and I have a lot of ambition and a lot of desire um, in all of the areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like never a dull, <laughs> never a dull moment. But um, yeah, I think if you if you make up your mind that life is supposed to be good, mm. and it's and and that you are that you are lucky, you know, not not because you are but because you decide you are and you are blessed because you decide that you are and and like what does that feel like and then you might realize oh there's a lot of areas in my life that I'm not acting as if I'm blessed or I'm not acting as if I'm lucky or I've made up my mind that I'm not lucky or not blessed or not aligned or not capable and then all hell breaks loose for a time and you have to kind of sort things out again so I am I'm faced with that almost daily like you know, as 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 you become the person you need to become to achieve and receive and be in alignment with the things you want to be in alignment with, uh, you have to constantly be like shedding and letting go of stuff and working on new abilities. So yeah, practice, 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 <laughs> practice, practice, and all is coming. Real talk real talk every day yeah what well, is it is that like it's i think for for a number of years and probably you know still from time to time i have this idea that i should be a certain way or i should like i've done all this yoga i've i've worked on all these things i've i've you know i've racked up so many hours of meditation andrew not to brag <laughs> <laughs> compare notes you want an award if you do you have them i mean i'm sure that someone's given out meditation awards at least online maybe through an app or something well if anyone's going to find that person it's you so connect <laughs> us um but uh yeah like you i've spent a lot of time thinking i'm supposed to be a certain way and what i've come to realize in the last couple of years and that i'm still working on realizing more fully is that like you do practice and all is coming like just commit to your practice do do the things that you know are going to continue fortifying you and opening you up and then just let yourself be who you are. Mm. You know? I really like that. Because that's the truth of the Dharma. Well and it's real. I mean it's so it's it's so pervasive and I mean even even I think in the yoga world that, that there's sort of a like a you know, that's not a very yogic thing to do or that's not like I know I shouldn't do that because it's not very yogi of me or you know, whatever that means, mm-hmm. that kind of idea that that what you're doing is not in alignment with what you should be doing if yeah. you are to be a yoga practitioner. The dogma and, of the yogi. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I like, you know, let, let yourself off the hook and, and be who you are. And, and then notice, like, I think what is very, what is a yogic thing to do is, is to notice how what I just did made me feel. Mm-hmm. And then, then yep. it's not a matter of should or shouldn't. It's just like, I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> I want to yep. feel good. So I'm not going to do that anymore. That's the truth. So I want to 
go into your future and really begin to see what's next for you on your path. I, I f- Let me know. What you <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> go for it. So I'm not a palm reader or anything, but <laughs> I foresee. Hmm. Oh, shit. What, what's next on the list? I mean, you've been traveling nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like you're doing some really awesome videos for Wonderlust right now. You're mm-hmm. working with Wonderlust Studio and Noah Maze. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next for Rocky? Well, I, I can't speak to like far in the future, but I can say the things that are, are in process of happening right now or in the near future are um, I leave tomorrow, I leave for San Francisco mm-hmm. and I'll be there for a bit with my partner. Yeah. Um, I actually have a week off. Nice. Don't tell anybody. I will. I will. I'll tell them to start yeah, calling keep, right now. Yeah, keep it between us. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. Just like touch down and, and ground in. Um, and then I go to San Luis Obispo. I'm doing a teacher training in Slow right now. Mm-hmm. So I have the second to last weekend. It's a weekend training. Uh, and that's been going great. It's, it's been so much fun to be able to go back to the community there on such a regular basis and such a sweet group of people. I, I hope to go back there forever. Yeah, know? it's, it's the hidden gem. It's yeah. seriously the hidden gem. It's, it's paradise. It is paradise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going there, and then I fly to um, Tel Aviv, Israel, mm. in a couple weeks for the first time. Hang out with Talia Sutra. Okay. Seriously, she's amazing. I mean, I'm not kidding. Connect you. us, Andrew. I will. I will happily <laughs> connect you guys. Um. So yeah, I'm starting a we're doing a yoga maze 200 hour training there. Noah and I will be co-teaching it. So I'm I'm out there for a week now, and then a week in I think June, and then he'll go out for a third week. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Like first time in Israel and and first time in that part of the world. Wow. Um, and then I come back, and right after that, I another module in slow. So I'm doing like a San Luis Obispo Israel sandwich, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> best two totally places, normal. right? Yeah. And uh, and then I'm going on a camping trip with my best friend for his birthday. And then I go to Bermuda to do the second module of a teacher training there. So that's like, that's a month and a half. That's as far into the future as I can peer. There's some other cool things, you know, there's always cool things in process of becoming that, you know, probably aren't shareable on a podcast, but like (laughs) stay tuned and, and hopefully there'll be some new and exciting stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I just, I just finished production on the, the first song off a new album yesterday. Nice. So like totally new direction for me musically. And that's been really creatively stimulating yeah I'll that definitely link this to your albums yeah, that you've come you. out with because first off this man Rocky Heron used to pull out his guitar used and to. serenade still does <laughs> I haven't been to a class lately see, I'm so, I'm, see what happens I've been missing out on the goodness <laughs> start talking in the past tense oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> so should have my guitar today he still does to this very day serenades with the most I can just remember it vividly like tears tears you guys I'm not kidding made a grown man cry (laughs) in Shavasana with Om Namo can you sing a little for us can you just give us a little bit what what do you you want me to sing just just some something um Sanskrit you want me to sing like some top 40 hits (laughs) can sing all the divas whoever you need sing your Om Namo Om Namo Om Namo 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Mm. See, that is what you'll get when you get this album. I'm not kidding you. I use his music in my classes, and it's amazing. Thanks, Seriously. Andrew. Thank I, I truly appreciate you as a human being, and you're so multidimensional and very well-faceted. And I appreciate your wisdom. Well, likewise, Andrew. It's, uh, you know, I'm I'm very aware that... that nothing that I know or that I have access to is of really any meaning at all until someone shows up who is interested in it. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's people like you that give, that give meaning to all this stuff. Cause you, you absorb it, you try it on, you live it, you share it. Uh, and that to me is, is, is the yoga. That's mm -hmm. why else, why else? study all this stuff and work on all this stuff and, and teach all this. So thank you for showing up all the time, always. It's, I mean, it's my duty. I have to. It's, it's who I am as a person. Um, I want you to leave our listeners with three nuggets of truth. Oh, the truth. truth Spit, the truth. Spit the truth. Spit the truth. Um, just like, you know, some tips that can help them on their journeys as they are finding yoga to be revealed to them. Um, maybe two to teachers and one to students. Two nuggets for teachers, one for student. I think this would be a tip for anybody, teachers or student, that I would hope that one of the goals of yoga is freedom. And part of that freedom is experienced and tasted through our ability to try things in new ways and not not get stuck. And I find what happens a lot with, with any, any type of practice is we can get in the routine of practicing in a certain way, going to certain teachers, you know, sequencing in a certain way, saying similar quotes, eating the same things every day, like whatever it is, like as we try on different yoga costumes and, and lifestyles. Um, so I just like, I would encourage anybody, everybody to make it a point to practice in some way that they're not accustomed to on a regular basis. Go to teachers that teach different styles. You know, if there's a, if there's a particular brand of yoga that you might feel averse to but you've never really done <laughs> go try it out and and mine every class mine every experience good bad and otherwise for for more nuggets of wisdom on what you like what you don't like what works what doesn't work and shake yourself loose in that way mm. truth bomb one bang shake yourself loose you hear that shake it loose Mm -hmm. Get that lint out of those pockets. <laughs> find some $20 bills you didn't know were in there. Mm -hmm. Shake it loose. You know, I think for teachers, I think it's important to remember that the journey, like to embrace paradox, embrace the paradox of life and of teaching. You know, that the struggle is real <laughs> and the struggle is a dream. Mm. And like follow your bliss, but also 
do the things you don't feel like doing. And know that it's your job to keep people safe and to inspire them, but also it's not your job to inspire people. It's your job to be yourself. Mm. And I think there's, there's a lot of conflicting information in the yoga world, in the world, in the world. And a lot of people want to, I say a lot of people because it seems like people are out there doing this. I certainly <laughs> do from time to time, want to try to decide what's right and what's wrong and what's, what's the best way, what's the worst way. And this is, these are conversations we have all the time at, at Yoga Maze. Like it always depends and it's, it's neither and it's both. So that's freed me up quite a bit, certainly in, 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 in my study of, of asana, of anatomy, of, of philosophy, of dharma, like you're on your path, even when you're not on your path and you're not on your path, even when you are on your path, like Mm. it's, uh, it's both. I like that. That works. I feel like truth. That feels like truth for sure. Cause I, I can say, um, just in my path and the first thing that came up when you were like, you know, the paradox, you know, um, I can take it back to the first time that I stepped into yoga teacher training and I got to meet you for the first time. Um, it was like the paradox of like, you know, I'm going from this structure, this like work every single day from nine to five, you know, sitting at the decks to get mind body to now doing yoga, which is so different. And it was, you know, beginning to learn more about myself, not only in the sense of practicing yoga, but also developing a relationship with yourself and you as a gay male. I'm I'm completely straight from the islands. Just out me on your podcast, Andrew. I, I thought that was okay. I mean, <laughs> come kidding. on now. Keeping it real. Keeping it My real. My mother's listening, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> My mother's mother is listening. <laughs> No, but I mean, honestly, like from, from my background, like being from Barbados, like people look down on people who are gay. And if, if my grandfather, Mm -hmm. you know, were to have known that I was friends with a gay male, he'd be like, Oh, like, what is this? You know? But now, now he's fine. Granddad, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa. Shout out to grandpa. But, um, yeah, it's really, it, it was, you know, this huge paradox of me then, you know, finding the vulnerability within myself to be able to fully trust you. Mm. And in doing so, it's opened up a whole entire new world for me. And Thank you. I, I respect and love gay men. Got all rainbows flying. <laughs> I'm not gay myself, but I have nothing but love for gay people. Straight Beautiful. up. Well, straight up. And I, I also love straight people. <laughs> paradox you know you whatever that? whatever whatever the flag is i love yeah i love you guys i i hey i'm even friends with some straight people <laughs> you teach straight people on the daily i mean yeah it's i've had to work through a lot of stuff around it but i i do straight people come to my class and my, i don't tell my grandfather he'd be <laughs> he'd be terrified no i i i i massively appreciate that you know my family's from jamaica so i i i i feel you on um sort of that island sentiment i I didn't i don't know much about barbados but if it's anything like what goes on in uh in jamaica it's not a very loving and supportive 
environment for for my community. Um, you know, I had I had a student of mine recently, a male student um, in Portland, did one of my trainings, and he gave me what was perhaps one of the most meaningful compliments, much like what you just said, which feels equally meaningful, which is that he he grew up with two um, two moms, and he, that he had had some some fair share of, of struggle with his identity and masculinity. He's a straight man mm-hmm. um, in his life. And one of the reasons he wanted to do a, his teacher training with me was because he he had respect for how I embodied my masculine energy. And and um, he, he he wanted to, to be around that and to, to be influenced by that and in hopes to kind of tap into his own in, in that way. And when he, he said it to me, it just blew my mind and my heart because I've, you know, as, as a gay man, it's, it's, and I, you know, I I grew up also without my father super present. Um, and for whatever reason, I've, I've never really owned or claimed or felt particularly proud of my masculinity. You know, you hear people in my family have, you know, you hear things said to you that, that, that kind of test your identity in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, usually it's mean spirited stuff. Um, so it's been helpful for me to, to even recognize that, to not take for granted who I am and how I manifest, you know, myself into the world and to others and certainly to other men and certainly other straight men. Um, you know, I, it sort of leaves me speechless to even wrap my head around, like having an impact on a straight man's view of masculinity. Um. So thank you for saying that and and certainly and like, being you, yeah. The utmost love. Seriously. Likewise, I love you. I love you too. Hmm. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love you most. Great sense of humor. So this third nugget. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, back to. Come the on, nugget. nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Don't push it out. Don't push it out. Okay, just like, let it let it roll. <laughs> Truth, 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 truth. I feel like I said it before, but that your life, I, I think, like life is is meant to be good. And good doesn't mean easy. Like, in fact, I don't think that easy would be good. Mm. Like, we all want to be, as we get busier, we all want more free time. And then you get free time and it's almost like, I want to fill this time with, things and then you start filling your time with things and hobbies and then I think for a lot of us that teach yoga like yoga was at some point a hobby we're like oh it'd be fun to just teach yoga Mm -hmm. and then it becomes the thing that fills our time it's the thing that calls us like gotta wake up and go to the airport or gotta go teach (laughs) class or like you know gotta do this homework for teacher training or Mm -hmm. um and so like I don't think it's possible to be for life to be fully easy and be authentically interesting because you're, sooner or later, you're going to see somebody that has someone has something or knows something or has achieved something that you want. And then you're going to have some more desire. And so like, then your time will get filled with the pursuit of that. So more paradox, but, but life is life is supposed, supposed to be good. And like, don't settle for things that that aren't for you. Like, make your life, make your life good, let your life be good, be good. And 
like hold on because it, it only it only gets harder <laughs> harder harder but more gooder <laughs> way more gooder you guys hear that yoga revealed podcast listeners same thing with yoga like you know as you get better at yoga the yoga gets harder that is so true right that is so Some of that true. shit's hard <laughs> open my thoracic spine and it's hard Oof, right Oof. change your bones Shoots. try and change them joints that's hard it is but it's good it's more gooder it is more gooder way more likes <laughs> yeah your spine your thoracic spine is trending <laughs> oh man well i don't even know how to express my joy and my complete happiness and having you on the yoga reveal podcast today rocky i am very thankful for your learned knowledge and your absolute wisdom and your humble humility. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's been a huge pleasure being here. Thank you for having me and for making this happen and for always being so kind to me and so generous to me and and for just like seriously rocking it harder than anybody I I know. Like you're 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 able to maintain such a levity about you and a lightness about you. And I know how much stuff you have cooking, like how much stuff is going on in your life and and like it, it, it never seems to bog you down. It only seems to lift you up more. And that to me is hugely inspirational and, and like indicative of someone that's like for sure, right, like zipped right along, like in alignment with their Dharma on their path. So keep it up because everybody benefits from it, including myself and everyone that knows you, everyone that is aware of you. I get more people say to me like, have you heard of this Andrew Seeley? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you got like guys, yeah. <laughs> or someone's like I heard I heard Andrew did your teacher training I'm like yeah <laughs> so thanks for representing Andrew always represented yeah. much love Rocky much love Andrew namaste this has been fun namaste <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Rocky Heron make sure to check out yogawithrocky.com for more details on his upcoming classes, travel schedule, and new teacher training programs worldwide. I will say that Rocky Heron is by far one of the most articulate teachers I have ever experienced, and his embodiment of the practice is truly outstanding. So, I'm going for his 300 hour later this year. Hope to see you there too. For more awesome Yoga Revealed episodes, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and drop us a five-star review if you really appreciate the interviews we do. Yoga Revealers, we thank you for your encouragement and the support in being a part of this thriving community and providing us with all those awesome reviews that continue to inspire us to produce the best yoga podcast possible. Catch us at yogarevealed.com to drop us a line and get a free manifesto document that will inspire you to keep on track for greater success this year. Until next time, live light, shine bright, yogis. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.